Welcome to episode nine of the podcast. I think I said that for the last episode, but this is episode nine. Today we have the most wonderful guest, a man who was born in Ghana but went to Starehe Boys School. So we are we're claiming his Kenyan connection yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went from lifting weights in Nairobi to competing against bodybuilding legends like Jay Cutler, Phil Heath, Kai Green, and Ronnie Coleman. This man is Eddie Abu. I said that right. right. <laughs> and that's, he that's he lives in the UK now and owns his own gym and is also a qualified nurse. Eddie, welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Welcome. I mean, thank you. Thanks a lot. I am, um, yeah, it's good to be here. I, I loved Kenya because the reason why I'm saying that, I said thanks because I love Kenya, but since I left, I've not really had the chance to come back because yeah. you know life takes over and everything so um i would love to come back so it's good to be doing yeah everything. well it's yeah it's just so great to have you on here and we 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 are a, we are a small podcast but um i think we have we have a good a good reach a good community and lots of listeners you know who, so who number one in east africa <laughs> sorry yeah. sorry number one in east africa we should we should also just claim that because i don't i don't think uh, there's any other podcast that does fitness bodybuilding I, yeah I, in I africa yeah we, <laughs> we've decided <laughs> but a lot of people a lot of people know you eddie and um you know we've we've put out a few sort of teasers and yeah you you are you are well loved here so it will be really great to sort of hear your story um yeah so we can claim you as kenya's best bodybuilder definitely yes okay so my story is um, basically simple yeah. i was born in ghana i'm Ghana, obviously and then um 1978 i won a scholarship to go to Starry Hair Boys Center. Oh, nice. You, don't, you know, it's called, it was a girl, it's just a boys school then. It, the girls came Oh no, internet. Form over there, I went to um, education. And then when I finished, I went back to Ghana. I went back to Ghana to um, pursue a degree in law and then the universities were closed. So I was supposed to do national service. You had to do national service before you went to university. Yeah. And I thought that wasn't for me. So I came to the UK because then the UK was um, looking for people to come here to do to study nursing because nobody wanted to do that job. And I blindly came into it thinking, but I did it, I did the whole training. But yeah. my goal was to one day get on the Olympia stage and own my own gym. I had that dream from Starray. And that dream was started in Starehe because it was one of the holidays when we never went home on holidays. So four Ghanaian boys, we stayed at the school on school holidays. So we stayed in Kenya for six years without going home. I mean, yeah. went home once. That's it. And then one school holidays, it was I ended up in um, the compounds of one of my school teachers, <clears throat> David Wilson, an Australian teacher. And then I started. I remember. I think it was as the training. I did the video. I, I learned two, two movements concentration curls and dumbbell press. That's what we had. 
So I did that, and by the time school opened, I already had like 18, 19 inch arms, and all the boys are like, how did you do that? Yeah. So I started charging people yeah. at that age, you know, in the end, by the 81, maybe, then, then it started from there. But then I saw a magazine with the great Sergio Oliver yeah. on it, and I thought, I mean, I was reading about it, and I realized that it got to Olympia. So my goal was to get on the Olympia stage once. I thought when I came here, I was going to do nursing yeah. and then move on and move on to the stage to realize that I'm doing it from here. But plus, I, would, I prefer to say in the UK, I prefer UK better than um, I didn't know where I was going to live in the States and they wasn't going to work for me. So I settled down here and I worked my way to the Olympia stage. Now I own my own gym in, in um, near London. The Hemel Hempstead, is it? Hemel Hempstead, that's it, yes. Hemel yeah. Hempstead, yeah. Mm-hmm. I live in St. Albans, but my gym is in MLM, so it's about a 10-minute drive from, from me, so yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. People always ask me, how did you get from... Uh, in Starry Boys Centre to getting away to the Olympia? And so I said, you know, at Starry Head, there's one thing they t- taught us. There was a word called stickability. That was... With, was thrown about at the school all the time. In fact, my training DVD is called Stickability, and I stole that from the school because you know, if you start something, finish it. That's basically what it meant. And um, so I, my goal was to get to Olympia from when I was 1981. I didn't get there until 2007, but I stuck with it. Oh, you achieved a dream. Those weights you first picked up were they the classic concrete on yeah. a metal bar? Yeah. The paint. And then you put concrete in them, yeah, and then a bit of uh, metal, um, whatever. You don't even know either way the same. No. Nope. But you just. Oh, man. Um, we see those videos with kids training in Africa who made their own weights. That's what we did. Yeah. And um, it, it was incredible. I mean, we still grew. Um, for that. Yeah, you, you, Check. when you trained, you had to do even sets because you can't do odd sets because you have to switch the weights each set. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah, want like to. Bring back, yeah. You don't know what the way. You don't know what the way. So you're pressing with one dumbbell on this side. Eventually you yeah, you have to switch. Bit. They're always always uneven. I remember doing some (laughs) on a boat off the coast of Somalia once. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, he's great. But they're like, (laughs) different directions. Yeah, each side you have to change. Otherwise, you start looking, you know, uh, very very (laughs) squished. But they they work. This is the thing. There's nothing nothing complicated about it. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a resistance. You have your load, so yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, it's, people from people laugh about it, but then it, I created my physique and the foundations of my physique from that. Yeah, and, and it worked. I mean, I it, it was funny because sometimes you'd be training and then the concrete would be you know basically coming off, breaking. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> well, he's doing a drop set for you. <laughs> it's a involuntary drop set. You said you had, you you have um, big arms. So was that sort of a genetic component, or did you just work them so much? Because that's the only thing you're able to do. I suppose, like 
everybody's little body part that tends to respond a lot quicker than um, the others. I had um, my biceps responded very quickly. So, in fact, when I turned pro, I, I actually had to stop training them. Oh, wow. You know, my, my training partner all the way through um, my pro career mainly was you know, Charlie Claremont. I mean, yeah. you remember Charlie Claremont? Fantastic physique. He was my training partner for about six years. In all his IMB pro, whatever. So, um, you know, he, 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 incredible physique. He can build. So Charlie had the same problem. We had bigger hands. I said, thank you. Yeah. My kids always reminded me, Dad, you get old. So <laughs> my, um, Char- Charlie had big hands. I had big hands. So we actually stopped training our biceps for about two, three years. Wow. Because we, were, we had to cut, play catch up with the rest of our bodies. My biceps grew. Uh, so, um, uh, it, it, so it was visual. Even though I went, even when I weighed nine and a half, like, really light, I still had um, big biceps. So, yeah. you know. And yeah, I responded very quickly that way. Yeah, when you say, like, when you started, did you, like, would you, can you still remember, like, your training program when you started? Like, uh, was it from a magazine or how did your <laughs> training you sort mean, of train? Like are the f- you asking me about when I was in Star Yes, like your first ever training program and you were like, okay, this, I'm going to do okay. this. This is the one I'll stick so, with. So, all he had... Yeah. Two pairs of dumbbells, something. So all I did was concentration curls. Yeah. And, and dumbbell presses. That was it. That was my training program. For, for, for how long? Chest and abs. <laughs> yeah, so we to chest and abs. That's what I did. I didn't do anything else. I didn't know there were other exercises. You know, because this is a little. You know, back in Kenya, and the bodybuilding was like, you saw somebody in the, in the magazine with muscles, you're like, wow, what's that? It's mm-hmm. freaky. And then that was it. I did two movements. Um, I didn't, you know, that's all we did. And then legs was just walking. <laughs> oh, I, you know what, legs. Yeah. Legs are just too far down, too far down there to notice. You know? <laughs> legs and then, and you know, we didn't even think about the body um, holistically. We just, you know, I like the sensation, the yeah. pump that I used to get from, the, the, the training that I did, that's all I enjoyed. So I actually got into training and I enjoyed training before I became a bodybuilder. So there's a, I know a lot yes. now you see people just saying, yeah. I want to be a bodybuilder. No, I didn't want to be, I wanted to be, I enjoyed training. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. bodybuilding was just a second, it was something that happened, um, you know. True. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I think that's a nice way to get into it. And did you, did you play sports at Sturrehe? Well, yeah, I did, I did everything. I was ba- I would play, play basketball. I did a shot put. I did a lot, a lot of stuff because, I mean, I'm quite sporty that way. But my favorite um, sport was table tennis. No, no, no. I know exactly because, you know, when I came over here, I used to play back in the league. Yeah. In the, when I came to the UK, I used to play in a, in a, in a local league. Because... There were four boys from Kenya, from Ghana, that went to Kenya. Yeah. And um, we, we didn't have school holidays, we had nothing to do. So we used to play table tennis all day. Oh, so we became, mm. we became, we became experts. All you of must them, have been all, so all, good. All four of us yeah. played for the school uh, team. Wow. Yeah, it, that, that's amazing. Yeah. There was no Instagram to scroll through. There was no Facebook to... 
<laughs> so you really so, had to look I, for ways I to, to write, I, I, I used to write to my mum and the letter would take three months to get there, three months to get back. That's half the year. It's different, it's different now. You wouldn't dare make a call because it calls cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. You know, yeah. So things are different now, yeah. So for like the listeners who uh who don't know like your career, do you would you like would you mind telling us how your first show to like your last show um for the guys listening? Yes. Yeah. I did my first show. When I, so when I left Sarai and yeah. I went back to Ghana and I didn't, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't live there. You see, I spent, I, I, I felt more Kenyan than I did Ghana. I know that doesn't make any sense, but all my friends were in Kenya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, in, culturally, even I grew up, I was born there. I was looking at things, I was like, you know, I've never eaten, you know, remember Gizeri? <laughs> they don't eat Gizeri. They don't eat Ugali in, 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 um, in Ghana, yeah. and I'm thinking, I actually miss the food, you know. Yeah. What I mean? So when I, I went back to Ghana, I couldn't go to university there. So when I when I came over here, I started training. Now, um, bounce nursing. So education took over for a while until I was ready to join a proper gym. And then in the process, I sat my you know, my I met my wife. Then we, you know how you start, you know, one minute everything is okay. Then. Um, sticks start disappearing into holes, and before you know it, she's pregnant. When we were both students, you know. <laughs> so um, we had a child at a very young age, 22, 23. So from then, I was a parent, and I think that helped in my bodybuilding career, um, growing muscle. Because when everybody else was going out and getting drunk, I was at home, just you know, I set up a home gym at home, yeah. one of those. With rickety with the benches, and I used to just train home, you know, and um, that worked. But in the, before, I, when I was nursing, I used to train in the nurse's home. I used to have a room in there with a bench, and I bought a wheezer, you know, the, you know, those big thick wheelers with this maybe maybe sand, sand inside. Yeah. <laughs> sand. You remember those ones? Then we used to, I used, that's what I used to use. My yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, yes. <laughs> You you still have some of them like uh, one of our kettlebells. Is, yes. Um, if yeah. you drop it too hard, you hear the the, the sound sun sort of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you know what? Please don't throw them away. I would love to get my hands on. You know, I I built an extension in my house. And yeah. The builder came in and uh, it destroyed my. It took away my shed and it threw all my old world weights oh, away. Geez. And that really upset me because these are things that are in the back. That's what that's what um we are trained and then yeah. I built. Bit of muscle, yeah. and then eventually, when I joined the gym, I mean, I don't know if you guys know about how the bodybuilding works, you know, about the steroids, and you know, history, don't you? But I didn't realize that um, you had to take anything like that. I just used to read Bioflex magazine and Muscle and Fitness, oh, yeah. and, and, and they didn't mention anything yeah, no, like no. <laughs> So, there, there, I was, there I was thinking, I mean, I'm, I'm watching. Um, magazines, pictures of um, you know Lee Haney, and you see how many calories he eats. Yeah. <laughs> because I know, so I'm trying to get my calories to ten thousand a day. So I'm eating like one after one, ending chicken. Yeah. So you know, you know the story. I blend chicken my chicken, I drink it, chicken oh. shakes, and I put some multi-dextrin, you know, and then there's some veg in it, and I drink it. I still do that now. I've done, I've done it. I've done it. I've seen it. 
done it. I quite I don't mind it. it tastes like soup. I always put some <laughs> herbs in. Yeah. Think I'm having a gazpacho yeah. soup. But um, I, I don't. I couldn't do a tuna one, but chicken I can do. Oh, we used to do tuna and pineapple. Whoa. So to get to get two thousand calories per meal, wow. right? Two thousand calories per meal. So you put the chicken in, you put some ice cream in, you put some lots of peanut butter, yeah. a banana. Listen, just put everything. I put Ribena on top of it. You know Ribena. Yeah. And then I put milk, and you drink it. And it was like something out of it. Oh, that was two thousand calories. Yeah. And then put on weight. I couldn't. And I. That's heavy. <laughs> I got to about um, 100, I think about almost 100 kilos, 100% natural. And I thought, why am I not growing? I'm simple. <laughs> and then I, I, I don't know, why, why is it not happening? Why did I look like Lee Haley? You know, I mean, it's more than it. Yeah. I'm training as hard as he is. Mm. And then eventually I realized that there's a whole lot of session that I didn't know when I walked in the gym and the owner of the gym said to me, what are you running? And I'm like, running. Right. <laughs> Yeah. When I was getting out of press, we're in the shop. My wife said to me, Sandwich, 
Then I knew that I could, I was, I could maybe get myself to Olympia State. Maybe don't win it, or maybe win a pro show, but just get there. That's what my goal was. Oh, that's amazing! Man. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> and um, were you coaching yourself, or did you have a coach? Right, most well, unlike what you see now. Yeah. Back in the day, we did all about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I got to the Olympia State by myself. I trained myself. I prepped myself, you know, you have friends in the gym, your training partners, they critique your physique, they'll tell you you're looking a bit flat or you need to come in a bit leaner. It was, a, it was, a, it's a, it was a, like a group effort rather than, yeah. nobody, I, I've never paid, no, nobody paid anybody, anybody for anything. We have advised somebody, it was because the passion, the body was a different sport from what it is now, I mean, now it's not, it's different, I mean, you have big coaches, as I don't know if you know this, and then I became quite big in the industry coaching people you know I had a team I had a team called Team Savage I still prep people but not as much because I, I backed off from the industry because it was an incident that scared me you know I had a young lad who came in and he said um, because everybody wants to compete yeah. regardless of genetics yeah. you know, now now you know how I always look at this analogy you know when at this comparison, you know when you see, um, you see if a, in a, you see a girl sees a dress, you see like Kate Moss is wearing a dress in a magazine, right? Yeah. And she says, "I like that dress," but she weighs 150 kilos. It's you know, you, come on, you can't wear that dress 150 kilos. Kate Moss looks like that, and that's what bodybuilding becomes. People just Think you know you know if that if somebody can look like um what's the name Kai Green I can look like mm-hmm. Kai Green mm-hmm. even though they are they are, they are um, um six foot white <laughs> and um and with no genetics you know what I mean it's just that's it's, what, it's, what it's, it's yeah it's now. very different. Yeah. Yeah. Can a young guy start now and go? I'm gonna get pro cards. I want the pro cards. Yes. That's the first thing they say to someone. Yeah, I'm gonna start bodybuilding. I'm gonna get pro cards. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Only one book I was given a year. Pretty much every time I go, what in the UK, it was a nightmare getting a pro card. It's like one pro card a year. It's not and, easy, it was, man. It was good. It was good to chase it. You chased it. I mean, yeah. you worked so hard for it. I mean, now if you put a picture up and you get 2,000 likes, you're good enough, even though you're not. You know, and then I think that's what the problem is. And I, like I said, I backed up from prepping so much now because a young lad sat in front of me and he says to me initially he, what he wanted was he wanted a, um, a you know train he was getting to train and then he couldn't get the, some train I mean I don't know if you know what train is but I mean he would he would know I mean but yeah. it's one of the pre-contest drugs yeah train sandwich so he says to me yeah Chamberlain <laughs> said to me can you um, help show me how to do a side injection in my shoulder. And I said, well, I'm not really, um, you know, because he's, he's been doing his glutes and he's got too much scar tissue. Mm-hmm. So I got this stuff and I got the qualified nurse. I can do injections. Yeah. Legally, I'm trained to do them. So I got the injection ready. Just before I stuck in the shoulder, he said to me, hang on a minute, does this contain peanut oil? And I said, well, I don't know. And then yeah. 
So we made them. He said, I wanted to find out. So, so we, we found, we called the guy. So he called this guy who couldn't find out. And then, so I didn't do this. So when he came, I came home, my wife asked, I told my wife, and she goes to me, do you know, if you'd injected him with that, you'd have killed him. And then you could have killed him. And then that was the fucking thing. I loved him that anymore because I was playing Russian roulette with other people's lives. Yeah. And what I did with my body, I don't, I'm, I'm okay with what I did to my body. I'm not going to do that with someone else because okay. some of the stuff that I did was dangy. Because if I, you know, I would have been able to get away with maybe with the law as far as the law is concerned, but I, probably, I wouldn't have been able to live with it. Yeah. You know, you'd have killed somebody. That's just one of the things. People are getting anabolics from underground labs that are made mm. in bathtubs or wherever. Mm. And it could be made of any carrier oil. So that's actually, you know, yes. Yeah. Go, is that maybe peanut oil is actually quite quite smart on his account, really, because a lot of people no. wouldn't, wouldn't think about that. Yeah. That's scary. Jeez. Very scary. <laughs> that's the right word. That was scary. That's scary. I couldn't sleep for two days. I remember I was lying in bed thinking, okay, this is how I make my money. And and then I couldn't do my job anymore because people come to are coming to me. In psychiatric illness, I recognize mental illness, mm-hmm. but yeah. I have to ignore that because of money, and then help tell somebody you know what, ignore that you know somebody's. I had girls can sit in front of me and you can smell the vomit on their breast because they purge, make themselves yeah. sick. They got bulimia nervosa, but then I had to ignore that and get them ready for a show. And, it got to a point where I thought, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Mm. So now my gym is more about helping real, real people um, transform their lives and, you know, helping people, real people, you know. So, yeah. And we spoke about this on our podcast before, about the issue with um, coaches that are quick to take on clients say i'll get you ready for stage i'll put you on real low calories or whatever especially female clients when there's an underlying mental health body dysmorphic issue yeah but it's it's hard for a lot of coaches to say no go get help first then come back rather because it's money it's turning away money Money, yes it's not that's the bottom line money and and as much as my wife says me you would never be rich. I said, why? She goes, you're not motivated by money. And that's, the, that's my problem. Yeah. I'm not motivated by money. Yeah. It, 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 I, and I know it's, it sounds like a stupid thing to say, but I'm not, that's not what that. It wasn't about the money. And I want to get somebody ready for a show. I used to do it free. But then as I said, I had to charge for it. It became my job. Yeah. Because yeah. like as a gym, as a gym owner, we were, I did nothing. I just used to chill out. I had the gym, money was coming in. And then this lifestyle gym's open. And then yeah. before you know it, you've lost about 62% of your members because people, it's they're charging £1.99 for, for a year. Well, you can't parking. With a swimming pool and, 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 the, and the motorway, you know? Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, you're, then you're, you have to reinvent yourself so that's why the contest prep thing came in i do a lot of it but i got to a point where i couldn't i, couldn't, I was you know I, I found it dangerous because everybody was doing it i could see i think to me what bothered me the most was that i saw young people investing too much of their 
life into something trying to achieve something that they would never achieve mm. because it's industry you know that it's a passion thing you know yeah so i i'm back to it and i think there's a lot there's a problem now with a lot of young young people like bodybuilding for social media sake yes without the passion just to get the likes on instagram so, you know, they, they want to be pro just to put IFBB on their Instagram. Yeah. What they yeah. do is they follow all the pros, top pros, and they... I've stopped having a family yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I remember a mate posting on Facebook about some guy he knew, this boy girl, who didn't have to mind on child maintenance, but yet was yes. buying a, a ton load of anabolics. Oh, my. Yes. Yeah. He was never going to succeed in. But, you know, so... so I'm do a documentary and the documentary is about the effects of children whose, whose parents were body, psychological effects on children whose body, uh, parents were professional bodybuilders mm. or were bodybuilders so I've got like my daughter my oldest daughter she's 33 yeah. and she's a counsellor right now she's at university doing it, finishing her master's she's a counsellor and she's you know she saying stuff like when we knew when we have to adjust to your personality because the personality changes when they take these hormones and whatever anybody says no there's this myth if you're an asshole the this drugs will make make you into an asshole and i'm saying well not really you don't have to look um, act like an asshole when you're on them but eventually they will affect the wiring of your brain so these people Make decisions like you know, starting not, not paying child support, which is an important thing, just because they're addicted to not just bodybuilding but to steroids. You know what I mean? Because people don't come off anymore now, it's about just say, take as much as you can and say on it. Well, you can go up and you come down, you go up and down. You know how it is, man. Mm-hmm. Look, people don't come off, yes. So, you also get that they're scared to come off because you get that gratification yes. from yes. Instagram, and they also yes. become addicted to that. Yes. Yeah. At least when you get, you know, you get a, a trending you know, story or whatever. But it's, it's, exactly, yeah. But it's uh, it's interesting how back then guys were leaner, bigger, I guess stronger, and guys came off, used the least. But now yeah. when guys are using more, it's more, yeah. you know, okay, guys, you have guys with good physiques, but if you compare, no, yes, yes. It, yeah, you can even see like guys like you, you know, after retirement, guys are still healthy, like good. But now I, I don't know. It's uh, I think people use a bit or put everything to the drugs and forget about the work. Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. What do you say? It's accessibility. They're so much easier to get hold of things. You don't need to get off. Yeah. I, 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 okay, so so. My job for for years um, until mid two thousand seventeen was to prep people. When we're talking, sometimes it's a, like one of the British finals, I had over thirty um, competitors in one show who had qualified Jeez. for it. Wow! And in a year, I prepped hundreds of people, and then in, in in one show, we create like three or four British champions, and it was like that. So I was doing really well that way. But then I was like, like training but they wanted to em- emulate their idols they see on social media 
That's it. They're not interested in training. So yeah. training is a means. A means to it. You see them training. You can see the mediocre training that they put into it. Whereas we were, we trained. It's a passion. We training was our passion first. It was fair. Yeah. Before, yeah. Before, then that that that's been lost. I think now you see a video, people which make me look like that, and I'm like, oh no, I can't because you're one, you're you're black and you're five foot two. And this is uh, and this this guy's called Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? He's, he's and he's different. six foot he's six foot two <laughs> and he's six foot two and he's got better genetics. And that's what it was like. And eventually people were sitting in front of me and they look at him and saying, you know what? And that because I was making a living. And eventually I got to a point that I thought I'd rather just stop and do this because it was just too much yeah. and we, then we got so, so i it took me years to get to olympia like you know yeah. i got my pro card in 2007 i didn't get to olympia until 2007. now in that wow. process really different ways of you know and then i come back with a generic way of helping people but now you get people who do one show and then they become prep coaches and it's mm -hmm. everywhere yeah everywhere online you know they, they, then they've lost the, the the actual um um idea about bodybuilding bodybuilding is about going off season building muscle yeah, yeah. and then losing muscle you know losing fat being very careful not to lose any muscle but now people are going let, let's look at the color deficit so they teach you rather than losing, um fat so they go on the state looking strong, and that's why we're not get, getting as many decent bodybuilders like we used to. Plus, they're not giving themselves enough time to actually build the muscle, you know. Plus, everyone wants a cheat meal nowadays, everyone yes. wants to do it easy and not, you know, mix yes. up the cap. I'm, you know, I'm pretty boring with my food, I have the same meals every day, like across yeah. all my meals, which is easy to know that, but. But like, there's a lot of people that like, change up, which is great if your goal is to be lifestyle and enjoy life. Yes. Great. Yes. People yeah. competing is that you've got to struggle a little. Not my 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 theory is right, and tell me if you think this is um, it makes sense. I looked at bodybuilding as it's a sport where if you want to get to where I wanted to get to, you had to take drugs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Had to I had to offset that by eating properly real food so i want to eat cocoa pops after my train my training session i want to punch him in the face when somebody says to me when someone says to me eat muffins i'm like i'm going to shove this up your ass around and, you know like this this is this I, I want real food so if you're dieting with me i'll put fruit in your diet i'll make sure that you have um, everything that you eat some protein powders might be involved in it, but Everything is natural. It is a basic, simple. People count their macros. I see the girl sitting in the gym, and she's you can see she's starving, but she's got a bar of chocolate because that fits what she's supposed to eat. I'm thinking, oh god. Yeah. Whilst on the face of it, all macros are macros, but actually, when you're looking at the quality of what you're putting into the actually being healthy. Yeah, it's not the same. You know, yeah. a vegetable, you know, carbs from vegetables and fruit is a lot better than glucose. Yeah. You know? Simple as that. Simple as that. And, it, and but unfortunately, I think we live in a world where um, I want this, I want, I'm going to have it. I want this, I want it. 
I'm not going to change. I think that's affected bodybuilding a lot. And it saddens me that I see people. Because it's, it's look, I, I, for the drugs, for instance, I was told it's 12 weeks on, 12 weeks off. If you can become a, get to the pro stage like that, then you don't have the genetics. That's what I was told. So yeah. I give my body a complete break from it. I mean, you need a break. People don't do it that like, At least give me something a break because you can't keep taking me. I've got a boy who is in this. He came to see me. He's about 26, 28. And he says to me, Do you know, I think I'm going to need t- um, testosterone um, therapy by the time I'm um, 35. And I'm like, You okay with that? You know, <laughs> you know people seem to be okay with that. I mean, when I, I go, I'm a 21 year, 21 year old. Who couldn't get erections? And I'm thinking, you know what? When I was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, um, what's it name? Sorry to say this, but when I was 21, I was cracking one out about six times a day. Yeah. So yeah. The wind blew in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. When I was 21, I was like, I couldn't really know what to do with it. You know, like you think, oh my God. But, yeah. but now, when you see a 21 year old with that kind of. Yeah, it is. It's thing, sad. Damn, you're going to mess yourself up for the rest of your life. And I say it's their choice. And, you know, now everybody, whatever you said, would say, oh, it's their choice. They're going to be your choice. They can make their own decision. So I back off and I'm getting involved. It is their choice. But I spoke about on this podcast before the problem with young guys who haven't really finished puberty. People don't realize puberty takes up into your early 20s and yeah. Yeah, mid 20s. Up to 25, yeah. No. yeah. Uh, you know, and people are switching off natural processes before they fully start it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, you know, I've always been sort of, you know, cautioned young guys until you reach the age yeah. of 25. Yeah. Really, you should probably leave it alone. Yeah, I remember. I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah at, at 21, it was the same thing. Uh, like what Eddie, you were saying, I was reading the magazines. I was taking creatine and I'm like, why am I not like Ronnie Coleman? You should because it get you massive. Uh, yeah, like I had the, my first tub of muscle juice and creatine and I'm like, man, I'm not Ronnie Coleman yet. So I don't know, I guess also that too much information might be a bad thing. But then I had no idea of Tren or Testo. I just knew Ronnie Coleman is there with his nano vapor and this and that's what I'm going to take. <laughs> so, I remember. I saved. I saved up. I saved up for that nano vapor. For How much was it? Then? Was it like? Um, I think it came to maybe eight eight thousand Kenya shillings. And uh, yeah, I had a friend. Uh, yeah, a friend. Uh, a friend of mine who was studying in the UK. So. He came back with the parents and he brought it and I paid him back and I was like, Ronnie Coleman, Here we come. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. But that's so, that's, uh, see, that's the work ethic, isn't it? You oh, know, yeah. That you need and um, yeah, social media is always a double-edged sword. And yes, yes. You just yes. see, you're just bombarded every day with these impressive physiques. Oh, yeah. You know, and you're and you don't know how they got. Well, you kind of do know well, how they got there. Impressive looking. Physique. Look exactly, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some of them have been, yeah, some of them have been manipulated. So, um, you're not necessarily because I, I, I see it working. Some a lot, of, some of the top guys you see now, I always work with them from the from the beginning. You know, they come to me. I've helped them out when they were young. Then I'm thinking, well, 
on social media. Look, I, 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 when I want to post a picture of my kids, I got three kids, two girls. And you want to put a picture, you take about 100. And then one of them will say, no, I was looking that way. Don't use that one. And eventually you're like, man. So, so you got to edit the pictures, make sure they look right before you put So you, that's what people are looking at, you know. Everything is gonna be perfect, and it's not like that in real life. When I was competing, you never, you only saw the guys on the stage in the magazine. Yeah, yeah that's a big thing. Is that's why the shows were so popular because you didn't have access yeah. to people, so you would have to go yeah. see a show, yeah. see them. But yeah. here's the thing: there's a big difference between being a social media bodybuilder and being a stage bodybuilder because you can't yeah. hide on stage. When people no, see you on true, stage, yeah. there's no place to hide, mm-hmm. unlike that's filters. True, yeah. The right light, standing under the right light in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I personally think. Like you said, you said um, um, bodybuilding is a double-edged uh, uh, internet is a double-edged sword. I mean, it, it, I, I have people who come to me and at this point, 22 years old, and it's coming, and I'm talking about his diet. He said to me, oh, "Oh, I find this works best for me." I'm like. <laughs> You just learn to wipe your ass. Don't tell me what you think is the worst best for you. I mean, they, don't, they don't listen to you. I mean, mm-hmm. and then somebody says to me, oh, I've got a coach. Somebody left me. I went to work with a coach who's 22. I'm like, do you know what? I've got pubic hair that's older than this boy. <laughs> so whatever, whatever they're going to teach you, I'm not saying that I'm better. I'm saying be very careful because yeah. it'll be something that they've read. I'm not, and it's not, okay, so bodybuilding has not been studied steroids, especially prolonged use, hasn't been um, studied um, sort of for such a, you know, in-depth, you know, extensive study. So we don't, you have to listen to the old people who are telling you, and I think a lot of the veterans are not truthful with what's really going on with them. I know, that's half the issue, because... People are some people are sort of either still involved in the sport or embarrassed to talk about it. I'm talking about what happened, you know, how how it affected me. I started getting panic attacks from taking um that stuff because my for some reason I couldn't handle it. It, it just get panic attacks. I get up in the morning and I'd be like I couldn't breathe. I'd get in my car, it's been four o'clock, I'm driving on the M one, back and forth, back and forth, about two, three hours. That's the only way to like, calm me down. Oh, and geez. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. It's like in the night. I yeah. went to my doctor and I said to my doctor, no, so what's going on? He, he, he didn't, I didn't tell him that I was taking testosterone. So yeah. he's prescribed antidepressants. I'm like, what antidepressants? And then uh, my wife said to me, why did you just come off that shit for a little bit longer? And then he cleared. And I said, okay. So, I'm the way I looked, if I couldn't grow, you know, maybe that's why. I'm not dead yet, or I've, you know, in health. But I think, yeah, you look at teenagers, and you look at teenage guys going through puberty, and some of the behaviours of a teenage guy going through puberty. That is caused by surging testosterone levels. Yes. Now, when you add exogenous testosterone levels, a similar thing's happening. It's like puberty again, you know, mood swings and various things. Do you know what? I, I said this almost like, um, word for word in the in the podcast last week. So, you know, when um, my son is 
than 20, early, mid, early 20s. His car insurance is like three times my car insurance. <laughs> and, 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 my, my, and my car is 10 times more expensive than his car. <laughs> so, so, you know, so, so because you know, the fluctuation, he does some things and thinking, you shut up, strong with you, but because it's, it's, it's young. where you you're on top of the world but you don't realize happening to you. you you know you might not be an asshole but it gives you it affects your you know how you are you know how you, you relate to people how you relate to especially children when i was dying for a show i couldn't relate to my children because i used to think why are you jumping up and down i mean sit down that's a four-year-old why what's wrong with you get out sit down chill out you know i, I couldn't i couldn't relate to that and then when it come up to you, think, oh my God. So, like, I had to love apologies. Apologizing to this. Yeah. When I came off, when I came off completely, and I'm looking, I'm thinking, shit. My oldest one, especially, she got the brunt of me because then I was on and she was the youngest. It took yeah. me years between the first and second. So, she suffered it. Now, I'm surprised she's still talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. uh it's the thing. Sorry, Leon. I was going to say. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And a lot using that as their main compound rather than using like yes. a testosterone yes. and a little bit of tread uh, having trembolone sandwiches twice a week yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> aiming it in and it's just you know it's affecting brain you know brain neurotoxicity levels and you know we just don't, you know, don't realize um, i think people are listening to the wrong people online because yeah. certain people have made a name for themselves online and people are listening to them and that's where the problem comes in. You know, I, 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 it scares me because people don't care about what they're taking. They don't realise that they are long-term effects. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you realise, look at something like Craig Titus. Look at Craig Titus and you go, like, that guy was off the hook. He ended up murdering someone, possibly, yeah. possibly to do with the amount of, one, firstly, anabolics, and they start doing loads of other drugs. So it's just like this yeah. vicious cycle. Hedonistic cycle, yeah. You know, you know, it's not great. Type is, I mean, I know whenever I went to the States and uh, in my heart, where we go like I mean, drugs, you know, like you know, maybe a ballet, and my daughter says me that's the recreational cupboard, and that's the when you go to supplement, that's the creational cupboard. It goes in. So when I went to the, the States, I wanted any recreational drugs. Craig Titus is the one who's getting for me. You know, I don't know if you know what Craig Titus is. Um, the, the, the other, two, but he's some that during his um is um, some girl with his wife, and they're both in the fitness world, and they they both in prison. Become a massive big case international, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just compete against him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. I always heard he had a bit of a. Bit of a pers- some personality flaws. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no. My first running running was when I beat it at the night champions in New York, and then he didn't know who I was he, because I was not very big. He, he, he's looking at the, the top ten. He goes, "Who the fuck is this? Is Eddie Abu who looks like a, a basketball player?" And you know what I'm thinking? I remember thinking, "You fucking prick." Sorry, I swear. You're lying. He called me a basketball player. And he just never forgot. 
So at the moment, are you working like with any bodybuilders in terms of uh, coaching, um, you know, mental help or training? My, 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 right now, I work more with people with mental health issues before we're trying to change their lifestyle. Yeah. You know, with one, and then, you know, usually look at my social media, you see slow transformations that people are, you know, doing really well. It, it's more rewarding than what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I prep a few people, but then I also tell them, can, don't, not, not, not to let anybody know that I'm prepping them because I've got, I tend to have a big mouth and I say the wrong things at the wrong time. And point of view is subjective. I don't want some my, one of my athletes to suffer because of what their coach said, because I, 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 I don't care. I mean, um, I'm, I mean, I'm 60 in, in a few short years and I don't actually care. I say it like it is. And sometimes people don't like to hear it. And, you know, I don't want my athletes to suffer. So I said to them, don't tell anyone. Like mm-hmm. you. So, yeah, I do both. Nice. But I do think lifestyle coaching is very underrated currently. Yes. Like, yeah. in, especially in, on the social media scene, everyone wants to, you know, show these competitors. But actually, when you do lifestyle coaching, you are changing people's actual lives. It's not just getting them ready for stage to win. It's actually making habit changes. <laughs> And making real life changes, which is, improves their life, and that's you know, that's massively more rewarding. So I'm winning a little. I, I, I'm, I, I'm lucky in the sense that with my mental health um, training, the, the first lockdown in the UK, I got a, a call from one of my clients, and they hadn't seen him for a while, and then he said, "Oh, I need to talk to you." Literally, he planned his suicide. So I met him and had a chat with him, and I made him train. The gym for close back said to me, "This." Trained and when he, he trained, he saw I saw the change in the man's face. It was scary. And then I thought, you know what? I could use what I know yeah. for something more positive than just getting people ready for shows and them. Mm. Um, you know, and so now I use it. I, I'm a lot more for like it's a lifestyle. I have I did mental health, and you know, people are trying to because if somebody's trying to lose weight and they're obese and they're there's something else apart from just. The fact that they're addicted to food, you find there's an underlying, yeah. you know, either depression or yeah. um, self-loathing. There's so many other factors. So I try to get to that, and I enjoy, I love what I do because you it, it, it meet real people who are not full of hormones, and you can relate to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They listen. Yeah. They listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because because you're you're prepping somebody. You say, look, you know, I, I was, you know, prepping people is easy. It's not. It's not big. It really isn't a big thing. Could make a big fuss about it. It's not. It's, it's not a big thing because I know all the right dr- right drugs and stuff like that. Everything's used. But then I'm sitting there thinking, well, is that what I want to do? Because you prep people, they get ready for a show, and then afterwards you look at them and you think, I don't like what you become. Whereas. When you get somebody to change their lifestyle and they see the positive changes starting on them, on their families, and it, 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 even their confidence, and it's incredible. It's such an awesome feeling that no amount of um, champion um, creating what would ever give me, would have given me. You know, I love it. I really do. Yeah, and I think you coming with your sort of mental health background is, you know, that's so helpful because there is... You know, like you say, there's always an underlying cause to to something. And I mean, one of the the hardest things that, you know, we find as as personal trainers, online coaches is, you know, 
we're often treated as someone's, you know, they think we're their therapist and we're like, we, we, we're we not, yeah. we, we'd love to, you know, we want to help you, but you know, sometimes you need that professional help yeah, yeah. and it just goes hand in yeah. hand and you having both, that's, um, yeah, best of both. <laughs> Like, you know, okay, so I know you guys are online coaches, but I struggle with that. I understand things are different. I struggle with that because I'll give you an example. There's a lady who I work with, I work with, I work with her. The first week, she lost um, three kilos. It's just quite um, heavy. Three kilos, incredible. Second week, she lost another two kilos. Third week, she lost another two kilos. And then I asked to see her. She came to my office, and when she sat down, and I said, you can see the weight going down. When I looked at her, she just broke down. There was something else going on mm. in my head. I would never have known that if I hadn't met her. Because yeah. she's not going to take me. She's taking photos and sending them to me. And I realized that mm. I, I could help people, you know, not just because your body language. Look, yeah. yes. you know, there was, there was a, a, um, you know, like somebody was, um, I was watching a video, a guy talked about you know, Zoom, um, office meetings they, they, they are almost the same as your body goes into a flight of a flight of fight mode because why do you want to stay in someone's face that's not human behavior is it yeah. you know, like i'm looking at your face and i'm thinking you know I, I want to see the bulge in the trousers i might want to see that but i can't because you you're sitting down you might not have pants on and all i'm doing is looking at you i'm looking at your face you know and, and, free, and i think it's very difficult i think so I like to see people. I'm old school. I know there's a new technology where people can do it differently, but I like to see people to see what their reaction is, what yeah. how they're coping with it, and talking them. My, so my whole um, how I look at helping people lose weight has changed because I want to do it differently. I'm mm. not saying the other way. Any other way is wrong. I'm saying the way I want to do it is a bit different. I think because I'm older. Mm-hmm. No, but you, you, you're right, yeah. No, you're right, you can't, I mean, yeah, you can try language. and ask a lot of questions online, yes. but yeah, sometimes yeah, until it? you meet someone, there's some things that you just, yeah, yeah you can't, you, you can't, can't tell, you can't tell or, <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, that's how it's got to be. I mean, you have to hope that everything is okay. You have to hope everything is okay. But people don't always tell you the truth, you know that. Mm. You know, it's, mm. um, you, you, they might be going through some problems at work and when I talk to people I ask them so what's going on in your life that's what I already know first whereas before people come in I'll check it in for 15 minutes it's gone now people come in I spend about half an hour sometimes an hour and I'm like you know what I want to know about what's going on in the head what's going on how it's back and then it, it, and it makes them realize that you're trying to help them holistically rather than just lose weight it's, it's good for my profile if, if you if you look good because I've been there done that I've created so many chapters I'm gonna have to so I'm just I'm just I want to help the real people now and I, I love that I really do have you seen a big change especially in the UK with like the COVID lockdowns yeah. like you know some of your clients like restrain mental health strain and how it's affecting affecting them in, in progress and everything else do you know uh, it, it's so sad I know so many people who are not handling handling it well at all. You know, their mental health is taking a big dive, you know. I've got a young lad who suffers from bulimia, it's, it's gone worse. I've got another lady who suffers from anorexia, 
it's, 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 and I think it's, it's, I'm hoping that we open as soon as possible because I don't know how much longer some of them are going to take this. And I don't know how long the psychological effects of it is going to be, is going to be with them afterwards. Because some of them, I know somebody who's been so paranoid hasn't left the house since March last year. And it's Jeez. scary. That's one year. Because for a lot of people, the gym, you know, I go to the gym, I have my headphones on, I train. Yeah. Right. That's why I built a gym at home and I'm fine with that. But for a lot of people, it is their social interaction for yeah. the day. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe go home to an empty flat, but when we go to the gym, we talk to everyone and that's their passion. Yes. It's just important. I think the gym is an environment where, you know, like my gym, I've deliberately kept it, I've made it to an old school gym where when you come in there, it, everybody knows, every. I know everybody's name in the gym. Yeah. You know, people come in and I want to welcome them myself and I want to know when my personality is in the gym. But I'm a kidder. So when you come in there, you don't feel like we, we work, we're being serious. It's always, everybody's taking the piss constantly and I love it. Yeah, because that's what I'm used to. Yeah. Whereas before, when it became all about just competitors, I lost that. People come in and you don't listen to that. It was not, there's no that personal. Now the man, you're gone. Yeah. Take so... the money, look at them 15 minutes and then take them in. And I can't do that anymore. So people come in and you spend time with them. You talk to them. My staff are supposed to know everybody's name. They're supposed to interact with people. And I like the environment when they come in and everybody knows your name. You know that that song in that song in Cheers. Says, Sometimes you want to go where everyone knows your name. I love that. Mm-hmm. And so people come in. They come. So it's 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 nice. It's good for mental health. You know. So Shine James has not been kind to so many people. No. And I think that's the thing, like, it's so much, the world's changed so much in the last 10, 20 years, whatever, yeah. where communities don't exist so much now. So yeah. gyms create smaller communities and, yes. you know, yeah. and when you break that up, in other clubs, like, you know, I played a lot of rugby, rugby clubs, most of them have had to shut and, you know, all yeah. these things create smaller communities so people do yeah. feel like they belong to something. And when that's gone... I, I always say humans, no matter how antisocial you are, you're still a social being. There's at yeah, some point yeah. you will need to have interaction with someone. Yeah. And I think when yeah. you take that away, it really does affect someone's mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, big time. I mean, so, so um, I know you guys live in Kenya, you know, what is it like in Kenya with the lockdown and all of that? I mean, how is Kenya handling the COVID? Oh, jeez. <laughs> it, it, it was um, tough to start with, but I think it's like, almost it, like business as usual yeah, now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks... You, you, if you came here, you wouldn't be able to tell um, that there's a curfew, to be honest. That's it. It's a nighttime curfew, and you go to shops, and we take your temperature before you go into a shop. Yeah. You wear so, a mask. If you don't wear a mask, it's okay. But, but it's a bit, there's a bit like flaws, like, because if you, uh, like when we go shopping, we park at the basement. But if you come yeah. walking in, they'll check your temperature. But if you go park in the basement, you know. <laughs> so. But the gyms are open. Yeah. Everything is open. Yeah, Restaurants the... been open for a long time. I mean. Yeah, how, are the, how are the cases? Uh, low. Is, I mean, they're, is low, they're rising at the different. moment, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thing is, they are rising, so there ain't much on the cycle, but I, I have mm-hmm. to do reports on this at work yeah. every week. The fact is, the rates compared to the UK are so minuscule. Yeah. Like, yeah. rise in cases. Mm. You know, we're talking less than 2,000 deaths in Kenya. Yeah. Wow. 
in the year, so mm. I think Tom's very cool, yeah. yeah. No worries. Low, so it is business as usual in the lot. Yeah. I'm back in the UK as of yesterday. I flew back in yesterday, so I'm now in quarantine. I had to do <laughs> how how I long? Had a test before I flew. I've got two tests to do. I've got a pack of tests that I had to pay for. Oh jeez. I'm gonna do two more tests, and then yeah, it's um. So that side, travelling-wise, is still a nightmare. Mm. But um, the actual living in Kenya... I live actually out of Nairobi. I live in Naivasha. So I have okay. my little farm there. I built a gym on the farm, and it's... Yeah. It's all, it's all good. But, but what, what made you live in... I mean, I, I always said... I've always said one of the best places I ever went to was Kenya. I loved it. When I, I was so... I was heartbroken when I left... When I left um, sorry, I've always said that because... I was the captain of the school. I was doing really well. Yeah. And it's, sorry, being captain of the school sorry, it's a, was a big thing. Yeah, I loved my time in Kenya. Like, most of my friends are in Kenya. I mean, you know, you may know that Peter Kenneth. You know who Peter yeah. Kenneth is? Yeah. 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 Place in um, but um, I mean, like, um, there's uh, he's, he's a really good friend of mine. He was a friend of mine in school, so we, but I think it's a couple of years or a year below me, but we're yeah. friends. And um, a couple of times when he's coming, we've met up and gone for a meeting. It's actually quite nice, yeah. But, so, uh, I mean, I, I love Kenya, I didn't, I was devastated when I had to leave, because yeah. I realized I couldn't go to university in Kenya because I was foreign student, but I would, that's one place that I, I said. If I had a chance, I'd go take my family. Not necessarily Ghana, yeah. but Kenya. That's yeah. always that side. It would be... Come, come, come be, to Kenya. Oh, yeah. You can come, come via the farm. You can come stay up on the farm and yeah. see Lake Navasha and all the animals. It would be a yeah, whole different experience. Yeah, it's, it's changed a, a lot. It's changed a lot, yeah. It's changed. <laughs> it changes fast. Um, yeah. Nairobi especially. The development in Nairobi is just non Has it changed a lot? But outside yeah, of Nairobi... It's still, yeah, but it it's, changes it for the better, I would say. Roads are better. Although it's always building work on roads. Yeah, if you, but, um, yeah. If you came to Nairobi, you, you'd definitely get lost. I'm, I'm certain. Yeah, it I will. probably would. I mean, but I mean, because I, he told, I, I left Kenya in 1984. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that was a long time ago. I mean, at the same time, I mean, so many Facebook and um, WhatsApp groups like a diaspora where there's about nearly hundreds oh, yeah. of people from the school and yeah. there are a lot of high achievers um, from the school I'll tell you that much and you're talking to doctors and all over the, uh, the world and it's really good to see you know it's really good to see mm. you know I, 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 that's, that, that's my country I mean I always say even though I'm Ghanaian I feel more Kenyan than I do. Uh, Kenya. like Kenya's claiming you. Yeah, yeah. We, we've claimed you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though I've been in here the longest, I mean, I've been in here since 85, but Kenya was in a country that made me into a man. Yeah, you, you should. know what I mean. Yeah. yeah it's a country like that. that made me into a man. So I guess I've got a lot of respect for mm-hmm. the Kenyan and the yeah. culture, and I loved it. I loved it in Kenya. You know, there's a hotel called um, New Stanley. Yeah, yeah, still, still Stanley, there. Yeah. In, in Nairobi. Is it still there? Yeah, yeah it's still there. It's not called a new Stanley. It's just it's, called the Stanley now. Yeah, the Stanley, <laughs> actually. Okay, so, so, so do you know what? Do you know something, right? I'm pretty sure I saw 
Barack Obama there because already in the, in the, um, I remember looking at somebody similar thinking bloody hell he's quite tall yeah. in, in late 80s because it, it says in his book because he used to go there quite a lot yeah. oh, and about outside the Stanley and I'm pretty sure I saw Barack Obama there you know because <laughs> in, 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 his, in, his, in his book he says that uh, it was around the same time when he used to go to Kenya yeah. that's wow. in, in Stanley <laughs> I, thinking, I remember we saw him and I was discussing that with Peter Kenneth and we were sure we, put, we saw him there. We didn't know he was. Yeah. All he knew was that mm. he was somebody who had fancy clothes and um, <laughs> didn't speak with our accent. And we think we're jealous. That's what I remember. Yeah, you should uh, plan, come down, safari, uh, do a seminar, mental health, yeah. bodybuilding, and oh, that would be amazing. lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, my, my, the school, I mean, Peter Kenneth always, always said to you, look, when it, because he will run for presidency again, you know that Peter, Peter won't give up. You know? Yeah, he won't give up. He shouldn't give up. It's, it's, it's a stickability. Yeah. stickability. Absolutely, stickability. If you ask everybody from Staria Boys Center, that's one. Okay, the, 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 the school's motto is not to language you. We just aim higher. Yeah. And uh. then the, 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 uh, um, stickability was a word that was always thrown around. If you start something, finish, finish it, it, stick with it, persevere. That's what. I was, I was, I was, I was taught, and like you know, that, that yeah, will always, that will always stay with me. Yeah, like it. We need uh, more of that these days. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now, now everybody wants a quick fix, and now I don't, I don't know quick fixes because yeah. quick fixes don't work. Don't if, if it no, doesn't work, if it doesn't work after three days, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> diet doesn't work. If the diet doesn't work if in six days. Biceps. Yeah. <laughs> people want, people want it now. I mean, I, 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 I insist on. If somebody wants to prep with me, you're going to eat natural foods. If you don't want to eat long natural time. food, don't come to me. <laughs> yeah. oh, absolutely, I don't care. And people are like, don't know about, let me be a bit more flexible, more flexible, because I want to eat a bagel. I'm like, you can eat a bagel after the show. But if you work with me, you <laughs> you're going to eat proper, proper natural foods. Yeah. And I, I don't budge on that. You know, they say, Eddie's old school, I don't care. Yeah. But you know, like, cakes. Oh it? my God, show. Yeah, you know, right backstage, she rice crispy cakes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, horrible, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, 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 you're quite dry, aren't they? And yeah, you really dry you out. You have your rice oh, cake yeah. and peanut butter, yeah. and you're, you yeah. you can barely get it down. <laughs> I know. And you're chewing, your, your tongue is so dry. And then you know what you're going to do, don't you? Yeah, you know the, you I guess those are the, the beauties of prep that not many people yeah. will understand. So. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, bread, getting bread for sure is not really that healthy when you think about it. No. And, and yeah. you know, we, we, in terms of health, it is healthy because you're all reducing your body fat and, and you're still training quite as hard and it's just, just crazy. Yeah. But, but it's what but, we do. Yeah, but I bet, like, in your, in your area of competing, people used to do a lot more shows. Now, people, like, do one show a year, maybe two like you know max when you know it's all that late 90s early 2000s there were grand prix circuits and we could see a bodybuilder on stage that must have been quite hard to continually prep especially on the body like continually trying to hit your mark almost week after week um i I always say you know if you look on social media there is a picture of this, you only come and there's Dick Handler and I in the picture. There's a few. Yeah, you so, see that. Yeah. Now, yeah. we competed. We, okay, so, what happened was 
when, when we did three shows in one weekend. Wow. So on Friday, we competed in Austria. Three okay? shows. So after the show, you finish the show, and then you get, you go, you go to the competitors, um, um, sort of the athletes, um, the public pay to come in with you, you know, meet the athletes. Well, they get charged um, 150 euros. <clears throat> you don't get any of it, but you're going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, so, so, so you go to the meeting, and then you're back in the, in the room at about 11, of midnight, and then you're back in the plane for four o'clock straight to four in the morning. You fly to Romania, then you compete in Romania, and then wow. and the next, then the same thing. You fly to Holland, and then compete in Holland. Three shows, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in three different countries. Okay, wow. and um, yeah, I was so only four athletes, four athletes did that: uh, me, Ronnie, Jay, and Hidetada Yamagishi. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was the most okay. grueling weekend ever, honestly. Yeah. I, 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 needed, I needed a week to actually just not do anything, not even get off the sofa because it was brutal. But, yeah. you know, I learned a lot about my body then, you know. Doing all, you know, so many shows, and, like, the only problem is that you end up being on the course for a lot longer than you want to. Yeah. yeah. Like yourself. And because I, I'm not, I don't like that, it, that used to affect me, you know. Uh, but, yeah. Doing a lot of shows, it was easy to get stolen on their body sometimes, you know. Yeah, I like traveling, trying to be on prep, travel. Oh, I know, yeah, because yeah, you're, you're, you're moving on the plane and hit your mouth. Um, and then be nice to people. And then be nice to people who want to meet you. <laughs> I know, I know, and you've got to smile and sign the autograph. But the good thing is that, I mean, I, I used to, there's a story I always tell. I was in the, um, I was coming back from LA after the Ironman, and I get to the airport, I need so much food. Literally, I stayed there for two days. You know what? We used to deplete. So after the show, you blow up, you put on about like 10 kilos in three days. You know, it was insane. So I'm walking through the airport. And there was um, this group of people who were screaming, Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. And I'm thinking, I'm not bloody Ronnie. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to make, I, I'm, I'm going to make this. I, I was just, I, I kept saying, I'm not Ronnie, I'm not Ronnie. Then eventually I thought, hang on. I know what your problem is. You think all these brothers, all the black people look the same, don't you? So yeah. I'm going to make you pay for it. So I said, yes, I am Ronnie. <laughs> And I started, sign, I started signing my picture, Ronnie Cole. Ronnie Cole. You know, there's a bloody key on the airport, right? Taking Portland. I, I sold all my pictures, right? And I bought a pair of trainers at the airport, with, yeah. um, Air Max. And then recently I put the picture on the, on, on social media. I'm like, I told, Ron, told the story. I'm like, Ronnie, I'm sorry I used you. If you want your trainers, you can <laughs> back. <laughs> That's a good yeah, one. That is a funny thing. People probably still have those photos. That story of the day we met Ronnie Coleman in the airport. I wrote about it because it was funny. It was they're probably going around saying that Ronnie. And I, you know what? I was in Romania. They say when I completed in Romania, everywhere I went, Ronnie, Ronnie. Ronnie. Like, Just take it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like okay, yeah, you're going to I, pay I, for I, it. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have this, whatever, but if you think I'm running, there's Great. a picture, you want to take a picture, yeah. you buy my picture, yeah. then we just sell our picture, so yeah. I, had to, I had to write Ronnie Coleman on the picture and, said, <laughs> and sell it. 
Why not? Nice. They're probably now displaying the picture going, oh, that's funny. We <laughs> 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 that's not running. That's funny. So, Abel, you've competed against a lot of top names over the years. Who's the most impressive physique in person? Was Flex Wheeler. Oh, Flex Wheeler, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't, I, I, like, I didn't answer that question before you ever asked me. Yeah. The most, the most shocking physique I ever saw was Ronnie Coleman, mm. and then later on he became Kai Green. Okay, yeah. most um, I ever told those two uh, toss up, but then I go for Ronnie because Ronnie was just immense. But then Flex Wheeler, first time I saw Flex Wheeler in clothes, I thought, um, is that Flex Wheeler? He didn't look like he trained. You know, like. You know, and then we took his clothes off. I remember thinking, oh my God, that man just looked incredible. And he wasn't that heavy. Yeah. It just, it, it, his physique was so beautiful. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a straight man. It, 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 that physique would have turned me. <laughs> you know I mean? Do you know what I mean? He was so Absolutely, yeah. And the way he presented it, the way he presented himself as well, I remember thinking, wow, it was incredible. But, um, you know, there are consequences. I mean, he's lost a leg, hasn't he? Yeah. And he's got a lot of poor health. And so it's very sad. I just wish him well. But it was the most impressive physique I ever competed against. Without a doubt. We had Samson Dowdle on the other week. Yeah. And we were talking about posing and it seeming to be the presentation element is seeming to be a bit lost nowadays. Yeah, when it's... you started, I think you still have the likes of Flex and you know, Lee Labrado and people like this. Yes. yes. Who were really good posers. You know, is that the Oh, that's just gone. Even the way they stand on stage. You know, like, we used to stand with our feet straight. And, and but now they stand, I, I, you know, I said this because of whatever. People look, they, they, a lot of the bros that I see, the big bros show, they look like blocks of cheese. <laughs> I'm thinking, what is this? I'm used to that symmetry where we try to make your waist look as small as possible. Poss- yeah. And the rule, the, the rule was, this is the rule when I was competing. One of your legs has to be um, bigger than your waist. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So your leg has to be bigger than one, one leg. That, that, was, that was the rule. Oh, jeez. So that was the training. We trained with belts. We, tra- we used to do this twist. Remember Lee Haney doing yeah, that with the broomstick? You lost a twist. And we, we, we wouldn't do movements like deadlift because they're thickened our waist. We used to just train to get that symmetry and look, get a waist as small. So I was on stage with 28-inch weights. And people were like, oh my God, how did you do that? It was that, that small wow. because I worked on it. Because it was yeah. hard to get a, a leg together. But then now, it's gone. But I, I still gone. agree with that. Like... Food in, 
I call I call it I call it the, the, the cheddar cheese effect because it's like the, 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 I like honestly, it. You don't see it's just straight up and down. They're just thinking, dude. But then they're being rewarded. So why should they? Yeah, that's um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I look at the classic. The guy who won the classic. Is it Chris? Um, Bumstead. He just started looking at me, thinking, "You see, that would have made me." Go back to the body, not how he looked. I like the symmetry and how he presented. I just, but I'm sorry, tell me, I anti body, but yeah. I don't look at Mr. Olympia now, and he doesn't motivate me. I don't just, to me, that's too much. He just taking no, to a different me, level. Leon, Leon, very much into classic. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah. it's amazing. And we always talk, we always, yeah, talk like the opens impressive because the guys are so big. Yeah, it's the, the freak factor. Amazing, they're so big, yeah. But actually, to watch, I'd rather watch classic all day. I think physiques this year, you've got Diesel in two, yeah. You've got Chris Bumstead, and you've got Terence yeah. Ruffin in two, they've both got beautiful physiques, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, and even their presentation uh, uh, to me. Let's forget about the the um, the looks for a minute. What do you need to take? To look like that, <laughs> true. And, do you know what I mean? And and that that's what scares scares me because that trickles down to the down to the masses. You know, you see people walking around taking this and taking that because they think that's what other people are doing, and, and because people are getting bigger and bigger. Bodybuilding is not. It's about look. If you decided to not reward the mass monsters, people will come in a little bit more. Refined, yeah. But because you want them, that's what it's about. But then, then again, you got to think about the fact that bodybuilding is a freak show. People want to see. People want to see freaks. You don't want to go. You know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, the, yeah, yeah the they, big guys. They, we give. They give them freaks. That's it. Or well, that's the thing. Sean Roden won. Sean Roden's got a nice looking physique. Yes. But people yes. complained. It's too. Yeah, it's too nice. It's too clean. Um, 
But uh, you name me, I'll chat all day if you let me. Know. <laughs> no. well, you, you can carry <laughs> on. I've got lots of stories, so I always say, look, if you want me to shut up, just tell me because I've like, my, my kids like that. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no we no. love stories, and yeah, thank you so much for taking time from your Sunday um, to come on to our humble You're podcast. Welcome, guys. You're welcome. Yeah. And it's still, it's still. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah. It's what time is it there? Six. Six thirty in the uh, UK. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, it's that late. Okay, well, <laughs> we. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if yeah, if you ever come out here, please do oh, yes. let us know. That would be amazing to meet you in person. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm planning on coming back. I just want my family. My daughter's getting married next year. Uh, I, I want to try and come to Kenya. Maybe one of the things that I want to plan afterwards. That's a present because I want them to see my kids to see Starry because yeah. that's what it's a very important thing to me. This yeah. Week. Yeah, no, it's part and of your history. We're, we're trying, you know, we're trying to get some stuff sorted out. You know? Yeah, cool. Connection from that Kenyan bodybuilding world. <laughs> oh yeah, meet the. I'm really glad there is a bodybuilding world in Kenya because I didn't. There wasn't one when I left. Yeah, lots natural of talent talented guys. Like the yeah. genetic natural talent is mm-hmm. like guys who are not doing gear who look like. Maybe they are. Yeah. They're like better than most coming <laughs> yeah and it's all right, guys. 
Yep. Well, thank you so much, Eddie. This was Thanks, yeah, Eddie. really, really fun. Yeah, one, uh, one yeah. of our longest podcasts for sure. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Yeah. Take care, guys. Thank you okay. so much. Bye. 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 Bye